Again, we're starting a series today called Hashtag Blessed. And we chose this because it's kind of a modern day vernacular, right? Hashtag blessed. We see it all over Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, this idea of being blessed of God. You know, you see the perfect family photo. The kids are all lined up, perfect smiles. The dog's even dressed up looking nice. And the great filters from Instagram are put over the professional photos that have been taken. And at the bottom, you see the line, hashtag blessed, right? Then you see those, those really crazy photos of some dude that you know can't afford it standing next to a Bentley. And it's like, hashtag blessed. You're like, what, did you win the lottery? And then you find out later, no, they just saw a car on the side of the road and decided to take their picture next to it. And they're now all of a sudden, hashtag blessed. But we use this concept of the blessing of God or hashtag blessed for so many different things. In fact, when we, when we talk about being blessed or when we talk about our hellos and goodbyes in church, sometimes we throw that word out. How you doing today? I'm blessed. I'm blessed and highly favored. For some of us, it should be highly flavored. <clears throat> But the idea is out there in the ether of our culture and our society that we are somehow hashtag blessed. Well, what does the Bible really say about the blessing of God? What does it mean to be a blessed people? And that's what we wanna talk about today and what it really means to be a blessed people. Now, how many of you by show of hands would say you're blessed? I know I'm in that camp, blessed of God. How many, now I'm gonna ask this question, maybe a little harder one, don't get under condemnation. I'm gonna raise my hand because I believe this for my own life. How many of you would like to be more blessed? Yep, in fact, most of us would. You know, we're living in, I would say, one of the greatest countries, if not the greatest country in the world. We're living at a time and a space where we might be politically divided, but economically, it looks like things are coming on the up and up. Now, you can attribute this, to, this success to whoever you'd like to. I'm not talking about politics, but we are seeing all-time lows in unemployment amongst African-Americans, amongst Hispanic Americans, amongst women. We're seeing wages on the rise. We're even getting some, maybe some money back our taxes, and again, I'm not being political, but the idea is that that could be seen or probably even should be seen as the blessing of God. Wage disparities are changing, especially amongst different people groups, and that's always a good thing, that we're all coming up the ladder together. It's something we should strive to do, not only culturally, but we should strive to do as a church, that when we're coming up the ladder, we're bringing others up with us. That's an idea of what it is to be blessed and to be blessed of God. And I think for a lot of us, we forget that we live in a space where we can actually say we are blessed financially. Now that's one area of being blessed and we'll get into other areas as, as we move through it. You know, but for Lori and I, we've had opportunities to be blessed and to give gifts and for gifts to be given to us, for generous hearts to be expressed. And last week, uh, or this last weekend, is it's coming up on my birthday week. And I'm not saying that because I want any birthday presents, but it's coming up on my birthday week. And the boys and I decided that this week would be the week dad gets his birthday present. They're all itching to give me my birthday present. So we went out and bought a piece of plastic that eventually will be in a landfill someday, but it's what I wanted for my birthday a little sound system thing for the TV. And the boys are all excited to plug it in and hear it and to play with the knobs and the buttons and all this fun stuff. And they're excited to be a part of the new gift that dad got. And while I'm unwrapping the present and we're setting it up, I'm thinking in my, in my head of how much more excited I am to give gifts to them. Like this gift is cool and it means something and the boys were behind it and mom was behind it. And we went and picked it out and set it up and did all the fun things that come with that. 
But I've gotten to the age and the time of my life where it's so much more fun to see my kids unwrap presents and their eyes just light up. It's so much more fun to walk down the, the aisles at Walmart or the toy stores and to pick out just that perfect gift that you know they're gonna rip the wrapping paper open and go, man, dad, you got the right one, that's awesome. In fact, it's a scriptural thing that we're looking forward to. It's about a heart of generosity. In fact, if you have your Bibles, turn to Acts chapter 20 and verse 35, very familiar scripture, and it says, it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. Now, as Susan was saying earlier, we have this new app that's a web-based app. You can, you can go to it through any web browser, whether it's a mobile device or your desktop. You can go to graceqc.today and open that app up. If you open it up at the bottom, there's a button that says notes. It's literally all the notes for any given Sunday. So for today, all the notes will be there in a PDF form. You can use it while we're in service or even download it later. But I said all that to get to this idea that it is so much more blessed to give than it is to receive. We know this, we understand this. Most of us have internalized it to some degree or another, but I wonder what Christianity would look like if that became an overriding truth for our life. What would it look like? How, how different would life be? How life changing would the church be if we understood it's more blessed to give than it is to receive? Most of us understand it, most of us can state it, most of us even agree with the statement, but much of the time when we're giving in our modern context, what are we doing? We're giving to get, we're giving to gain, we're giving to move some pendulum on the social ladder or social strata. Even as we're falling into a season of giving, as we're doing here in, the, in, in our culture in the next few weeks, we're falling into Thanksgiving and we're falling into Christmas, all seasons of giving, many of us are just, plotting out different dollar amounts to give to someone we might not even like in hopes that we're getting a gift in turn that's a similar dollar amount. I'm gonna give you a $5 gift, so later on at a family gathering, you're not mad at me and you can in turn give me a $5 gift and we'll go away with a net even. Many of us live life that way. Some of us live, li live life in this context that I'm gonna give and I hope that you'll give something in return to me, maybe a favor later Maybe it'll grease the wheels with my boss and I'll move up the ladder. I'm gonna be generous, but there's really something in it for me. That's not at all what Acts is talking about. Acts is talking about this concept that it's better to give than it is to receive. It's better to give with no intentionality behind it other than to be generous. And again, most of us understand it. Most of us know that internally, but what would it look like if this became the fallout pattern for Christianity? The key is, or the key to the blessing of God, or to be hashtag blessed, is this heart of generosity. If you have your Bibles, again, turn to Proverbs chapter 11 and verse 24 through 25. It also come up on the screen. It says this, one man gives freely, yet gains even more. Another man withholds unduly, but comes to poverty. A generous man will prosper. He who refreshes others will himself be refreshed. Listen, if you are in the business of giving away, God says it's gonna come back to you. If you are in the business of refreshing others, God says you're gonna be refreshed. But when you hold so tightly that you can't seem to let go, the Bible's very clear, that's a quick path to poverty. In fact, we understand this even in a macro sense in our culture and in our economics. We see gentlemen who have, who have just 
scaled the heights of commerce and business and industry. And we look at their lives and there's one thing very much in common. Look at a Bill Gates, look at a Warren Buffett. They're intentional about giving away their wealth. In fact, these men are giving away large sums to the tune of 90% of everything they've ever earned will be given away. And then you wonder why they're so successful. Maybe, just maybe something, the backside of giving has been triggered. Maybe just something scripturally has been triggered that when you are intentional about having heart that God can't help, the universe can't help, but come around you and help bolster you and build you up even in your personal endeavors and personal pursuits. Second Corinthians chapter nine in verse six to seven, the next verse here, it says, remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, but whoever sows generously will reap generously. Each man should give what he has decided in his heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver. Now let's tie a little bit of the Old Testament to the New Testament. I love the Old Testament because it gives us a platform for what we're reading in the New Testament. But this line, for God loves a cheerful giver, the writer was very intentional in putting that in. In fact, the writer knew exactly what he was saying. In the culture of the Old Testament, there were mandated feasts around the production of God's people. There were mandated feasts around the blessing of God. So they planted a seed, it grew up, it had a harvest, it was multiplied many times over, and the people of God had more than enough. Because they had more than enough, they threw a party. And in throwing a party, the Bible records that they were generous givers, or that they were, they were cheerful in their heart to give to one another. Why did that happen? Because of the blessing and the abundance of God was shown true in their life. And so God loves this type of cheerful giver. In fact, we as a culture and Americans, every year we have a celebration coming up in a few weeks, Thanksgiving, where we do the same thing. We gather as family and friends, we put out a big spread of the abundance of God for our life and we say, let's dive in and eat. It's a reflection of this idea that we are blessed. It's a reflection of the idea that we have a generous heart, a generous heart. But what is the Bible definition of hashtag blessed? If we were to pull out a Bible definition, what does that look like? Well, turn to 2 Corinthians 9 and verse eight. And the Bible is very clear that when you're generous, on the other side of generosity, there are, there are blessings of God. There's the hashtag blessing that's promised to you. On the back side of your generosity is the promised blessing of God. Second Corinthians chapter nine and verse eight says this, and God is able to make all grace abound to you so that in all things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. Here's the platform for what it is to have a generous heart, right? Second Corinthians verse eight or not, chapter nine and verse eight. And God will make all grace. He will give you all sufficiency. He will give you what you need that in every way so that you can be generous to every occasion so that, oh, I'm sorry, uh, to every, I'm sorry, so that you, so that in all things, sorry, I went to two verses there. 
At all times, you'll have all that you need that you'll be, a, be able to abound to every good work. So that in all things, at all times, you're going to have the ability to abound to every good work. So what does this mean? That when we are so bent on being generous, that God will supply through us the needs for others, that God will supply through us the needs for those around us, that God will supply when we have a generous heart, he's not gonna cut you off and say, nope, no funds for you to do or to go and to be a blessing to other people. He's gonna say, listen, I'll give you the resources, I'll give you the time, I'll give you the finances to abound to every good work. And then in 2 Corinthians chapter 9 and verse 11, just a few verses down, he caps it off with this idea of blessing. You'll be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. So thanksgiving to God because the people of God are feeling the generosity one to another because the world around us is feeling the generous heart of God's people. And he says this, that he'll give you the ability to give to every good work once you have a generous heart. And once you have a generous heart and you activate the giving that God has placed in your life, he says, I will make you rich in every area. Now it's obvious that he's not talking solely about finances. If we looked at it as simply God saying he's gonna make you rich financially, we would be limiting the blessing of God to a huge extent. He's not simply talking about finances, but he's not diminishing the idea of finances either. He's not saying that you'll be rich in every area except finances. He says, listen, you open up your heart to generosity and to being a generous person, I will promise you that I will put in your hands everything you need, every resource, every little bit of time, everything you could possibly ask to meet the needs of those around you. And in doing that, in being generous, I will cause you to grow rich in every area of your life. I will make you rich in every way. It says it's even more blessed to give than it is to receive. That we could grow we could grow in relational riches. We could grow in connection with other people. That we could grow in our marriage and it could be, it could be fascinating, it could, it could be deep, and it could be growing in every facet. That we could grow in friendships that we're connected with year over year over year. That we could grow rich in our physical person. That we don't have to worry about sickness and disease that there's a reality to those who have a generous heart that God will see to it that every area of our life is advancing, that every area and every nook and every cranny of our life is expanding. Why? Because he can trust you with resources, because he can trust you. He can get into your life the resources to impact others. Scott was right earlier when he talked about the idea that the simple idea of some economic system does not make it inherently bad. What makes it bad is greed. When somebody distorts an economic system, whatever one you're talking about, for purposes of personal gain only, that makes it bad. That makes this system bad, the system we're talking about. In fact, it makes the system we're talking about null and void and it won't work in your life. You could be an incredibly generous person, but if it's just a quid pro quo or some caveat to get what you want, the Bible's gonna put the brakes on that real hard and say, listen, you're not giving with the right heart and right motive. So everything that you're doing is gonna be for naught. But when you open up your heart to God and to be led of the spirit, to give to every opportunity that he places in front of you, knowing that he'll supply for that need through you, then you open up your life to a different dimension and God can bless you further and farther than you ever thought possible. We, we get caught up 
many times and too many times in the idea that there's limited amounts of resources on planet Earth. Listen, as I said, was saying before, we're seeing some major jumps in, in our nation. And again, you can, you can attribute the success to whatever political party, whatever political group you would like to. I'm not here to argue that. All I'm saying is there was a point where we thought that we had hit the line and that we were just at a certain rate of unemployment and yet we've gone above and beyond that. We've hit a line of economic growth and we thought that we couldn't jump past that. And now we're seeing the United States even move past that number. And I'm not here to argue the, the politics side, the point A or point B of that side. What I am here to say is that we are seeing growth and development. We're seeing the, the people of God in the United States and the country as a whole move forward in some real areas. And I don't want us to get to a place where we're so complacent that we don't thank God for it that we don't thank God for what he's doing in our midst, that we don't thank God for the extra that he's putting in our hand and that we understand what we're supposed to do with it because God's true to his word. And that as we learn to give away from ourselves, he's gonna put back into our life so that we are tested in this, so that we are tested in this idea of,